is all that I can give to you. Love is more than just a game for two. Two in love can make it. Take my heart and please don't break it. Love was made for me and you. Welcome to Love Savers Radio, ministering the blessings of covenant. This is Walter and Sandy Fox from Love Savers Ministry, called by God to minister the blessings of the marriage covenant by enriching, encouraging, strengthening, and praying for the healing of marriages, especially marriages in crisis. Our program is sponsored by Living Water Church, located at 69 Industrial Road in Wainscott, under the leadership of Pastor Joe Kelly and his lovely wife, Margaret Kelly. Sunday services are at 10 a.m. with a pre-service prayer meeting at 9.30 a.m. Pastor Joe invites you to come and be refreshed. For more information, please call 631-537-2120. That's 631-537-2120. Today's guest author is Leslie Parrott. Uh, She and her husband, Les Parrott, are a husband and wife team who not only share the same name, but the same passion for helping others build healthy relationships. Leslie is a marriage and family therapist, and Les is a clinical psychologist. The Parrotts have been featured in USA Today and the New York Times. Their television appearances include CNN, The View, The O'Reilly Factor, The Today Show, and Oprah. As number one New York Times best-selling authors, their books have sold over two million copies in more than two dozen languages and include best-selling and gold medallion winner Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. All of these resources can be found at their website, lessandlesley.com. Leslie says that every couple fights at one time or another. In fact, successful couples disagree just as much as couples who don't go the distance. But a mountain of research shows the key that separates happy from not-so-happy marriages is they know how to resolve conflict. Happy couples have learned how to use disagreement to deepen their connection. Today, Sandy is going to talk with Dr. Leslie Parrott about conflict and how conflict can bring you closer from their newest book called The Good Fight. Let's listen. Good morning, Dr. Leslie. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing just great. How about you? Okay. We're so happy. We've been focusing on our radio broadcast on how to resolve conflict in marriage and the art of marital negotiating. And we're so happy that you have so much more to add in your new book, The Good Fight, How Conflict Can Bring You Closer. That you wrote with your husband, Dr. Les Parrott, right? Well, I'm delighted. We can add our insights and all the fruit of our work to this uh, collection of advice you have for couples. Good. Thank you. Tell me why you wrote this book. Well, like any married couple, and we're coming up on our 30th anniversary, definitely deal with conflict. So right. <laughs> we always laugh about how 
you know, conflict is inevitable. And even if you know the right things to do, sometimes you need a little bit of awareness to help you put those into action and some insight and some motivation. And so we always thought, here we've written so many books on marriage, right. but nothing on conflict. Our publisher always said, why not conflict? And we said, well, we don't want to write so we have something brand new to say that really adds value to the conversation, and we feel like we've done that. I feel um, that you have also. I really enjoyed it myself. That's great to hear. Okay. What are some of the ways couples can use arguments to benefit their relationship? Well, I'll tell you one thing we really believe with all our hearts, and that is that conflict can actually be the price we pay for a deeper level of intimacy with our spouse. Now, you know, nobody wants to fight, and right. we certainly don't want, you know, a conflict-ridden relationship, um, but genuine Intimacy is the fruit of conflict because once you know how to truly fight a good fight, what comes of conflict is just this deeper understanding of each other, a deeper sense of security in the relationship, um, you know, this certain pride that we know how to weather a storm and be resilient and come through it and right. know each other and love each other better on the other side of it. And so it genuinely can be a gift if you have the skills to make it a good fight. Right. So what's the difference between a good fight and a bad fight? I love that question. You know, you know it's a bad fight whenever someone feels like they have to win. Because let's just face it, if there's a winner in a fight, the relationship is what loses. And we don't want the marriage to be the loser. And so we try to create a new picture for what a good fight uh, results in. And that is the kind of resolve that might come when the two of you are on the same team. Let's say you're not opposing each other, but maybe you're on the same team and you're kicking that problem, which could be a soccer ball or whatever you want, down the field and you're going to punt it into the, you know, into the goal, which means, hey, we found a solution. We, we have resolve that works for both of us. And so it might be kind of we're in the fray and this is a lot of hard work and we're running and passing and it's lively, but we're on the same side with the same goal in mind. And it becomes a win-win. That's what you're exactly. looking for, right? What about couples who say they don't fight? What does that say about their relationships? Well, you know, um, everybody has their own fight type. And sometimes when couples say they don't fight, we say, okay, then what are you hiding? Clearly you're not very close or you're not very genuine. But the truth is, um, I think sometimes when couples say that to give them the benefit of the doubt, what they're doing is describing their own individual fight types. And usually the way we approach conflict, each of us individually, is based on one of two personality dynamics. Uh -huh. First of all, how expressive we are as a person. I mean, some of us are just expressive. Anything that happens to us, we want to talk about it. We want to process it. And if it's something that concerns us, our voice gets all the louder, and we have more and more words for that and more emotions. Others of us, it doesn't matter what's happening to us. We hold things more closely to our vest. We like to reflect. We like to mull it over. Right. We weigh our thoughts, measure our words. We're not that expressive. So sometimes all they mean is, I'm not the expressive type. 
Um, there's another dynamic, though, that goes into our fight type, and it's how flexible we are as a person. Uh-huh. And some of us just have strong feelings about the way life should go, and we don't want to give in because we firmly believe there's a right and wrong way to do things, or at least a best or better way to do things. So we, we're we not as flexible. Others of us are super flexible, don't have strong opinions about things, can roll with the punches. So generally, if you're not expressive and you're highly flexible, you're going to have a lot fewer conflicts in life because that's not your style. So occasionally that's what they mean. Even people who are not expressive and highly flexible have moments where conflict is important because they deeply care about something. You know, their feelings have been hurt. This is an important issue to them, and they need to get that conversation on the table. So everybody should have some conflict. Right, and we ought to find out what or how to uncover our fight types and also that of our husband or spouse, right? That's that right. Will those, help. Those, that helps. So much insight, those moments of, aha, I get you and you get me, are so helpful because they take away that tendency we have to personalize what's happening. And especially if our spouse has a different style than we have, it can be mystifying, can be bewildering. Why would you be talking to me that way? You know, or why won't you tell me how you feel? This is so frustrating. You know? So if we if we get that we all have our own style, one isn't better than the other, we're just different, That that's how we've been hardwired, then uh-huh. we have lots more grace in that conversation, and often even a little bit of playful spirit and laughter yes. to take the edge off of our Yes, yes. You talk about how what couples are fighting about is not really what they're fighting about sometimes. What do you mean by that? I love it that you asked me that because I think often, you know, like I can remember a recent fight my husband and I had over some red-hooded sweatshirts I wanted to buy our boys. Well, we had a terrible fight in the midst of a fun moment, and it had nothing to do with sweatshirts. It's all about perception in married life. It's Uh not what we're fighting about. It's our perception about what our spouse intends in the conversation. And we know from a fabulous research project at Baylor University, over 5,000 couples are involved in this. Couples married one year all the way through the life spectrum to 50 years plus. When they boil it all down, there's one of two perceptions at the heart of a fight in marriage that causes the conflict. The first one is the perception that your spouse has been neglecting you. You know, Uh they forgot to return the call, didn't pick up the dry cleaning, you know, didn't notice how hard you work, didn't care about something that mattered to you. You feel neglected. Something they've done has left you feeling that way or something they haven't done. Um, The second perception is that feeling that you're threatened in the moment. And I don't mean, you know, to the extreme. It just means you're getting controlling with me. Why are you so demanding? Why are you getting bossy? You know, why? So you're, you're clearly you're feeling threatened by what your spouse is saying or doing. And either of those or the combination of those, no matter whether the issue is you forgot my phone call, you didn't get to the grocery, you know, you spoke to me too firmly, whatever it is, right. it's about those two perceptions. Yeah, I have a funny story to tell you that 
um, related to that. My husband imitates me um, when I get bossy. And because, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, right, <laughs> because I go in, I have a theater background, so the anger surges up and I start speaking in Shakespearean language, like, why didn't you shut that door to the, you know, outside? And and you'll say, oh, does the, the lady protests too much, doesn't she? And he starts talking Shakespearean back to me and makes me laugh at myself at how silly I sound, you know? I love that. What a perfect example. And what a great, really, what a savvy husband you have to get oh, a little is. playful in the moment so you get a picture for, you know, just just how you're coming across. Right, because you doesn't. don't always see yourself, you know, as others see you, you know. You certainly don't. And that raises another issue about perception in married life because um, when when we get to speak to couples, one of our favorite things to do is we'll throw sometimes some of those um, visual images up that, yeah. you know, let's say some of us have seen a picture where you look at it and some people see an old you know, older woman and others see a young woman, it all depends on how you look at it. Right. And we'll talk about how perception is very powerful. I mean, our perceptions, for instance, if I threw that uh, image up on the screen and you've just been with your grandmother, you're probably going to see the older woman. You know, if you've uh -huh. been teaching uh, high school today, you're going to see the younger our perceptions are shaped by our context and our experiences, where, you know, what we're bringing to the moment. Well, once I see it, it's very frustrating to me if you don't see it because to me it's plain as day. Right, Why aren't right. you getting this? Right. You know? Um, and so that happens sometimes in, in marriage. We, we see things and it just seems like our spouse is being belligerent because they don't see it too and it's so obvious to us. And um, there's so much behind perception, you know, that we're bringing with us. And sometimes we have to step back and cue our spouse in to that Right. Tell us about the conflict quotient that you introduce in The Good Fight. Well, I love this. Sometimes it just helps to have a tool that uh -huh. is, you know, that you can grab in the moment that helps you avoid what we call a dumb fight or a bad fight. Uh-huh. And really, you don't want to have a fight unless it's going to be a good fight. Right. Those are the ones that we long for, not right. the other kind. Right. So the conflict quotient can help you choose your conversations wisely. So really, you avoid those dumb and bad fights. And it's based on a couple of things. Number one, it helps you determine how important is this issue right now to me. And so, you know... Sometimes we just get snarky and we're, yes. you know, we're debating issues we don't even care about just because we're a little grumpy. So yeah. maybe it's not important to me. Um, and so it's not even worth having or right. perhaps it's really important to me. And the outcome of this fight is significant. And so you don't want to have that fight unless you're really ready for it. Right. Okay. So the part of the quotient is how important is this to right. me? And the other part is. How ready am I to have this fight right now? Am I rested? You know, do yeah. I have my thoughts collected? Right. Perhaps have I prayed up for this moment? You know, right, whatever right. it is, it gets you ready for that conversation. And how ready is your spouse and how important is it to them? 
once right. you understand, it's not that complex, but it's a little quotient that helps you quickly get a handle on is now the time to have this conversation, and is it worth having? Right. Recently, um, a friend of ours were, was talking with us and complaining about this situation in a relationship with another person, and he said, "I no, he said, I'm not going to do or say anything. I pick my fights. And ever I since he that. said that, <laughs> so do I. Ever <laughs> since he said that, I pick my fights. It goes right along with what you're saying. Is it really that important to get into, or is this the time? And I've thought about that ever since, that little thing. You know, I, I pick my fights. Anyway, you say That's there powerful. are... That's powerful. Yeah, it really is. Some of the simplest things in life are the most powerful. Oh, I have to just repeat one of one simple thing that you started off the book with that I just love sharing Ogden Nash's little poem to keep your marriage brimming with love in the loving cup whenever you're wrong admit it whenever you're right shut up <laughs> I yes. love that anyway, true words yes. true words <laughs> you say there are some generational differences in views on marriage what are some of those differences and what does that mean for marriage do you think well that's an interesting question um i do think there's some generational differences you know some 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 of them can be healthy and others of them can be true losses you know right. i mean i think the whole concept of commitment and the deep value of commitment is something that has transitioned over time. Um, yes. It's something we prize because really intimacy and passion can't flourish unless they're in an environment of commitment. Yes. The kind that says, you know, I get that there's an ebb and flow to love. And so I'm here on the days when it flows and I'm here on the days when it ebbs and I'm not surprised that it's a combination of those, you know. Yes. Um, and and I think maybe that's a sad thing. We actually even know from research, and I find this to be pretty astonishing, that when couples hit a bad patch, if they just hold on for five years, uh -huh. and I mean without any intervention or anything to change, yeah. at the end of the five years, they're truly generally happy and healthy again and loving each other because life does have seasons and right. so you know I think the expectation that if if it's not going well now it's broken you know uh -huh. is is a cultural transition on married life that that saddens us because here's the deal we know about marriage um Generally, the trend in married life is that marriages start out happy, 10 out of 10. But over right. time, there's a dip in that level of satisfaction because there's inevitable stress. You know, you're having babies, you're raising teenagers, you know, yes. you've got job demands, your parents need care. I mean, it's not all about just the marriage as it matures and hits its own relationship dynamics, but it's also just what life, you know, uh, the energy and the focus that life takes away from marriage because you have so many other responsibilities. But we know for those married couples that hold on, the level of satisfaction in the second half of married life begins to surge. And it generally, for couples, just is resurges so much 
that it goes off the charts. I mean, social scientists can't even measure the level of happiness these couples are experiencing and enjoying together in the later years. And I think, you know, we don't get that. We don't know that. Now, if you know what to do to cultivate passion and intimacy when those things are at an ebb, um, then you don't have to go through those deep dips in satisfaction levels. You can own it. You can change it. Right. even if you don't know how to do that, just hold on because over time, that kind of attachment and intimacy that you begin to create by sharing your story in a way nobody else does uh-huh. really does resurge in these beautiful levels of happiness. And so there are decades of enjoyment later on for couples if they just hang on. <laughs> right. That's good advice. You do events around the country on this topic, don't you? And you call them fight nights? We do, and that's kind of fun because what we do is add a lot of humor and a lot of playfulness as Uh well as insights that you can put into practice right away to really change the, you know, to really eliminate dumb fights. Right. Focus on the kind that draw you closer together. Yeah. Do the two of you, a psychologist married to a marriage and family therapist, still have fights? Oh, my goodness. Isn't that the truth? And it doesn't matter how much you know in your head. You still have to choose it with your heart and put it into practice on a daily basis when you're tired and hungry and worn out and you get misunderstood. But... But, you know, that doesn't stop us from teaching because I'll tell you, we've always been what we call pilgrims. We're on this uh-huh. marriage journey, too, and, yes. you know, 29 years in, we have a lot to learn. And we're learning right alongside other couples, and that's why we're motivated to teach. These are the tools we need ourselves. And we're not just proclaiming, here's the perfect example. We're saying, we're in the fray with you. <laughs> right. The divorce rate continues to climb. Why do you think that is, and how can it be helped, do you think? Is it, you know, that one should keep getting up after the fight? You know, you keep getting up and keep going on, like you said, just hang in there for five years, have that tenacity. Or you talked about grace, you know, go to the Lord and ask him for more grace and just keep going. What advice do you have to help against divorce? Well, I'll tell you, our hearts beat for that very thing. In fact, I don't know if you've ever heard of a BHAG or if our listeners have, but but a BHAG, if you've never heard of it, is a big, hairy, uh, audacious goal. Uh And we have one, and that's to be a part of reversing the divorce rate in North America. And we believe it can happen. We we know that for every one percentage that the divorce rate is reduced in the United States, the lives of over a million children are impacted. And that is a fight that we are worth, you know, taking on. It's a good fight. And so that's that's why we want to help. We know from research, from three decades of research, probably the guru in this field is Dr. John Gottman. Yeah. He's done the best work on conflict in marriage, and you probably talked about him if you've been working through some uh-huh. concepts of I, conflict. Right. And he, he can predict with a 94% accuracy rate if a marriage will succeed or end in divorce, 
simply by watching a couple fight in the presence of some destructive elements. Like so contempt, ever, right? That's exactly right. Contempt yes. is the most lethal thing. Yeah, the belittling just, and the snarky right. remarks and the put-downs and the... Sometimes exactly I have right. to confess that I correct grammar. <laughs> I'm going well, to have to stop doing that. Well, you know, as long as the spirit behind it is not right. contemptuous, right. then it's okay. It's just if it gets arrogant. <laughs> oh, right. Good point. But, but I tell you, because of that, we know we have a passion to help couples engage in healthy conflict because this is the point of the spear. This is how we can begin to reverse that divorce rate, to help couples understand how to be loving in the midst of disagreement is huge. And so, you know, it's powerful. It's worth investing yourself in. As a couple, it's worth, you know, Getting a book like The Good Fight, reading it, putting it into practice. We, we're, we're actually quite excited about this book because another piece of it is for anyone who gets the book, or you can even do this separately, we have a really robust app right. that you can do on your iPhone or whatever your gadget is. And once you get it, it comes free with the book. You load it up. It works it, it's for two people in the marriage, and then you, and there's this beautiful app with all kinds of amazing, fun, and profound things that you can do together or for yourself that will really be at your fingertips to help you when it comes to conflict. For instance, you can do the, you can, there's a little gizmo that helps you do the conflict quotient and instantly get, you know, a read. What What's going on here? Um so, I mean, we're excited to be a part of reversing the divorce rate by having this conversation, elevating our skills when it comes to conflict. For couples, they, we, we want to be our best selves. We want to love with our whole hearts. We just don't know how to do that when we get our feelings hurt, and this right. is a, a little toehold for that. Right. Just now, in closing, because we only have a few moments left, I was so happy that you put that appendix in there on dealing with anger because I think that is just one of the focus points that if we could just overcome this or learn how to improve in this area, that it would be a wonderful thing in marriage. Could you just highlight some of the things you shared with us in this next few moments before we leave you? Well, I do love it that you brought that up because controlling, as we say, control anger before it controls you. Uh-huh. And, you know, anger is a combination of many things. There's a physiological side to it. You know, there's a part of our brain, a little primitive part called the amygdala. And yeah. when uh, when that gets triggered, it, it just hijacks our whole rational brain and it takes over. And that is what's involved in anger. And so what we do in this book is have this special appendix for you if you deal with it, if you have a spouse who's prone to this, to help you get a handle on that, to, to begin to have the insight and understanding to change your patterns when it comes to anger. Um and sometimes so, I think you mention like saying the soft word, you exactly. know, like asking the question, I know it, it might be that you are upset 
about something at work, right? When you're being, you know, slammed about something. That's how you can be a spouse who enables someone to get a control on their anger by responding in a way that redirects them. And we right. do a lot of work on helping you heed the warnings in your own and get a read yes. on yourself. Yes. You know, have I, do I have a loud voice? Have I clenched my fist? Am I flushed? You know, am I right. feeling tense in my muscles? You know, right. so these are signs that can help you guard against. Because you see you it know, coming. It's an alert. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And then you can, as you mentioned, listen to some soft music or take a walk or count to 10 or Mark Twain says count to four or somebody else suggests maybe you ought to take deep breaths and go on counting to 100. I love that. I mean, and and the reason those we can laugh at those is we all have been there. We've been yes. there in that moment where we've been hijacked by anger. Someone has triggered a larger-than-life reaction from us, and we are usually because we feel threatened or neglected, we react, you know? Yes. And so it's not to be ashamed of, but it is to get a handle on because it could destroy a person you love or a relationship you prize, and you don't want that. Right. So, Doctor, thank you so much for this wonderful interview, and I highly recommend The Good Fight, How Conflict Can Bring You Closer, and I highly recommend uh, the apps associated with the book. I think our listeners, if they get the book in um, get involved that way. It's almost like having a personal trainer at your side at all times, even in case of emergencies. It's a wonderful thing. I love that. Thing. I love that. Yes. And we all have our phones. They're right at our fingertips. Right. So use it to help your marriage. <laughs> right. So thank you for that. And for now, I'll say goodbye and God bless. Thank you so much. Okay. Likewise. Bye for now. The marriage manner for today is fight the good fight of faith. That's the best fight to fight, the fight of faith. We bless you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless you.